Hey everyone, I am Stephanie Goss, and this is another episode of the Uncharted Podcast. Well, it's not just any other episode of the Uncharted Podcast. In fact, this is a very special episode of the Uncharted Podcast. I need a drum roll here, Dustin. Drum roll, please. This is actually our 200th episode. Everybody, I am so excited about this. I cannot believe that we have been doing this for 200 episodes. I just want to start this episode by saying thank you so very much from the bottom of mine and Andy's hearts to all of you for listening, uh, for participating, for sending us letters in the mailbag, for shooting us uh, emails or texts or messages, uh, letting us know, hey, these are things that we would love to talk about in the vet med community. It means the world to us that we get to do this with you every single week. And um, so we put something together that is a little bit special for all of you today. Andy and I sat down and thought, let's talk about some of the best lessons or the most common lessons that we have learned over the course of doing these 200 episodes with you. And so we picked out some of the things that we love talking about the most, and we are super excited uh, to go through this with you. So we really enjoyed putting this together for you. And again, I just have to say thank you. Let's get into this. And now, the Uncharted Podcast. And we are back. It's me, Dr. Andy Rourke, and Stephanie, she's going the distance, God. <laughs> Coming in on our 200th episode. Yeah, buddy. Holy I'm moly. so excited. I cannot. That's bonkers. 200 it is, episodes. It is really, really bonkers. Like, yeah. I, I, it, it is, it, A, it is like completely mind boggling to me still. How how long we've been doing this now for three years? Three together. years and change, yeah. And it is still mind boggling to me every single week that people yeah. actually tune in, tune in more to and more people every week. It's, yeah, it's <laughs> to listen to amazing. you and I BS with each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's amazing. You know, it's it's um, it's one of those things of like, um, I really enjoy doing this thing with yeah. you. And yeah. that's the reason we got to two people like, I get 200. I was like, well, just enjoy, yeah. enjoy doing it. So you keep doing it because if it's a, if it's a big slog, you're never going to make it. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's just been one of those things where, uh, we just started making the thing and we just keep making it. And, uh, well, here we are. And I think one of the things that I love the most there, and, and so th- this is going to be not our traditional uh, episode. Andy and I talked right. about, um, you know, what do we want to do for, for 200? And we wanted to do something a, a little bit different. So, uh, we're probably going to talk about some, some headspace in terms of individual things, but we're going to talk, this is going to be more of a conversation. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Conversation yeah. between Stephanie and Andy kind of episode. Um, but I think that's one of the things that I love about doing the podcast with you and, and why it feels so easy um, is that it has, you know, when we first started working together, we had a lot of times where we would be talking on the phone and we'd be talking about work mm-hmm. stuff and we would have side conversations. And we would just start, you know, we'd be talking about problems that practices were having or things I was struggling with in the practice or you were struggling with. And, and, those conversations came so easily because, yeah. you, you know, we would just start talk- and I would get so excited. And and uh, you guys, I have to say, like, we've been doing this for three years and 200 episodes. And it's still every time we record, it kind of feels like you and I are just having a phone co- yeah. <laughs> a phone conversation. Yeah. And it really doesn't feel it. like work. <laughs> no, I, I agree. It's, it's fun. That, it was fun to have people ask you questions and they kind of just to get to unpack it and work on it and kind of tinker around with it. No, I, I, I completely agree. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed working with you on the, all of these sorts of things. And I I have a pretty good idea what you're going to say, I think. But sometimes I'm still surprised. And uh, <laughs> that and that makes it fun. You know what I mean? It's like if I knew exactly what I'm going to say this and she's going to say that, I think it would get really boring and I would lose interest really fast. And I so think... I think I think the I think the dynamic nature of, of our relationship <laughs> is fun. I also really like that we talk to each other about what's going on in our lives. And, and I think that that's always fun. I really look forward to just chatting about what's what's been happening and, and things like that so it makes me laugh and it's it i don't know it just it's uh it's something i look forward to every time we record these i i agree and i think it's fun because we're we're not afraid to have clearly anybody who listens to us knows we're not afraid to have differing opinions and yeah. <laughs> we're not afraid uh, to feel strongly even about those, <laughs> those opinions and it's part of what i love about you because um i love getting a different 
perspective. And there are some times where I'm not expecting it. And like you said, I'm expecting you to go one way and you go a different way. And I'm like, that is like exactly what I needed to hear. (laughs) (laughs) And and it's really, it's funny, y'all, because I will say that, you know, I get asked a lot, how do you guys decide to what you're going to talk about. And and more, I get the comment from people who say, I listened to this week episode and it was so timely. Like, how yeah. do you know? I You guys just seem to tackle the topic that I need to hear when I need to hear it. And I will tell you all that it is part of what I love the most about my job because it is the same for me. I can't tell you how many times Andy and I have been recording an episode and we start talking about things. And when I, when we prep the episode and even when we were, we were talking about it before we hit record, I'm thinking we're going to talk about this solely in the context of the clinic. And then we, we don't, we don't script this as you can probably yeah. tell. Yeah. <laughs> Andy and I both, uh, you know, we have some points that we're going to talk about, but then we each just kind of come at it from our own take. And um, when we start talking, there will be so many times where I'm like, dude, this completely applies to our team at Uncharted, or it applies to what's going on in my personal life or Andy's personal life or, you know, whatever. And it's amazing to me how often we completely unintentionally talk about a topic that is exactly what needed to be talked about, given what's going on in our lives at that point in time. Yeah. No, I, I think that's totally true. It's uh, everything can seem to come in waves. It's yeah. it's amazing. You know, people seem to, to run into problems that it feels like together. It's a lot of times. And you know, the other thing that I think makes these things good to do is they're often topics I'm interested in because I'm wrestling with them in one way, shape, sure. or form. You know, people say you write the book that you need to read. <laughs> it's kind of like we make the podcast that we need to hear. Yes. So I, I, I've found that to be true again and again and again. Yes. So, so yeah. tell everybody what we're going to do, because we're going to do something different. For our yeah, so what we, we want to do here is just kind of break down some of the most important lessons that we've learned uh, doing 200 episodes of Uncharted, uh, meaning part of it is is what's going on in our own life and the and sort of the lessons that we've learned uh, just making our own paths. And then a lot of them is like, what do we see again and again in the mailbag? And I, I think kind of piecing those things together is, is what I want to try to do. My idea really is we're all in this together and we're all making our way and we're all having similar challenges. And so I think a lot of times when we look at things that we see in the mailbag that come up again and again or manifest in different ways, uh, it's probably not hard for me and Stephanie to find examples of those things manifesting in our own lives that we've kind of had to deal with. And so I I just wanted, we sort of talked about it and the idea was let's look back at all the things that we've done in the past and decide um, what are the lessons that that we have run into again and again, or that have been the most impactful for us. And I just want to kind of lay those out. Let's do it. I'm excited. You know, one of the things that I think is happening recently that I hear from a lot of people, and I hear it in a lot of different ways, are things like this. Like I have a friend uh, who is a wonderful doctor and leader, and he has a great hospital, and he works so hard on it, and he works so hard on the culture. And he's just been floored by people leaving recently. He's had a string of people leaving his hospital and he yep. has uh, felt horribly vulnerable about it and saying, "I, well, am I doing something wrong? I worked right. so hard to get this right and I worked so hard to take care of my people. And none of it is, none of it seems to be anything performance related. It's just those mm-hmm. unfortunate things about people moving on, uh, partners moving, things like that. And, um, but here he is and he's like, I'm desperately shorthanded. I feel like I must be failing because, uh, you know, uh, because I'm in I'm in this spot, even though I have invested so much time and energy to try to keep people happy so I wouldn't be here. Mm-hmm. And I have another friend who uh, who said, you know, I am uh, having a hard time personally at home and, and uh, she has a lot of uh, sick pets that are very important to her. And she goes, you know, I'm just not my best and, and I'm really carrying this big burden. I feel like I must be doing something wrong or, you know, I'm missing something, but this just really weighs on me and I'm carrying this load. And, uh, and, and I think about those things and, and I, I hear again and again from people who are like, we're terribly shorthanded and we're exhausted mm-hmm. and there's no end in sight. And I think that when I was in my thirties, I, I thought that if you were smart enough or you worked hard enough, you could get through anything relatively pain-free. I, I bought into this kind of BS idea that was put forward of like, if you hustle hard enough or if you read the right books or, or you know the right things, you know, you should be able to be happy along and along again and again and come out ahead. And if you're unhappy or you're really struggling, that you're probably doing something wrong. 
And I think I had that. And I just want to, it took me until my 40s to really uh, disabuse myself of that, of that idea. And so the first thing that I kind of want to lay down is um, we have a lot less control than we like to think that we do. And that's just been shown <laughs> to me very clearly with the pandemic. Uh, my wife is uh, dealing with uh, breast cancer right now for no reason. Uh, like she didn't do anything. You know, like we didn't make any mistakes. Right. It's just one of those crappy things that happens and, and we have to go through it. And so that's the first thing I want to put down is um, there's a lot of things where you, I talk a lot about choose how you suffer and we talk a lot about picking your poison. Uh-huh. And I think I've really settled into that as far as life is tough and it's always going to be tough. And running a business is tough and being a leader in a business is tough and being a, a healthcare provider is tough. And um, it's never going to be easy. I, I just, that's, no. that's a big lesson that, that hit me is, you know, we're all climbing a spiral staircase and you're like, boy, if I could just get up the next, ne- next <laughs> level, everything would be great. And you get up there <laughs> and then you turn the corner and you see another set of stairs. And it's again, I, I don't think it has to be morbid. I, I, I say this not to be down. But to be to but to free people, and it's been very freeing for me is to say we have the power to choose how we struggle, yeah. but we're always going to struggle. And if you just mm-hmm. own that, I think it helps reset expectations, and life gets a lot a lot better. Yeah, I I love that. I think similar to that, you you talked about the spiral staircase, and I remember starting um, out in in practice and being, you know, being a member of the CSR team and, and being frustrated when things didn't change or, um, you know, there were things that I wanted to be different about the practice that weren't. And I remember thinking like, if I could be a manager, then I could make it different. I could change things. And, um, and I, I was really positive in that regard. Like I, I want to, I want to impact change. You know, I want to make this a better place. Like I really care. And I became a manager and I did make change and I did make things positive. And at the same time had a whole new set of problems. And I, and I remember being an early manager and just thinking like, wow, this is some of what I expected, but also a whole lot of what I didn't expect. And I didn't think about this when I was a CSR thinking I would like to be a manager because then, then, you know, I would be able to solve a lot more things. And then I, you know, was a manager and then it was like, oh, you know, my, my practice owner, like they, they have more control. <laughs> they have more control. They can, they can solve more of these problems. Like the, you know, the buck stops here and they're, they're the decision makers. And then it was like, okay, let's, let's make that move. Um, you know, from from practice management to practice ownership and making that leap, I'll tell, I'll tell you guys, that came with a whole new set of problems. <laughs> and, and it was like, I don't actually, there is, it, it wasn't, it was eye-opening to me to realize that it really was the control piece of it. Like you were talking about, Andy, really was an illusion. It was that spiral staircase of, um, yes, in some ways I might have more control, as I moved through positions of power in the practice, but at the same time, every new position came with a whole new set of problems. And so I think that for, for me, that was a really, really powerful lesson. And we see it again and again in the, in the questions that you all ask. And it's like, how, how can we have done 200 episodes and we've answered so many questions and yet we get not the same questions, but the same themes, uh, you know, and, and the reason is because the questions are always different. Like there's something different about this new question, something that's different in each practice. That's part of, part of what I love about vet med. But for me, it was like taking that step back and realizing that, um, we don't have the control. (laughs) And even if you are the boss, even if the buck stops here, you don't have any more control. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> in different ways right. than a member of your front desk team has, right? And that was that was a that was a painful lesson for me to learn because um, I didn't think that it would be pain free, but I thought that it would be easier in a lot of ways. And what I didn't recognize, what I didn't have the perspective to recognize, is that there's a whole new set of problems that keep yeah. you up as night uh, up at night as a business owner. You know, when I was a CSR, I remember there would be nights where I would be in bed thinking about, oh, I forgot to document this for this client, or I forgot to you know do this for this patient, or you know, and th- there there were worries that woke me up in the middle of the night, or that I thought about while I was taking my you know morning shower, like oh gosh, I have to do these things. It's no different when you're yeah. a manager or practice owner. It's just a whole new set of problems. <laughs> yeah, totally. It's just different problems. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree. You know, one of the, the big things that settled on me was uh, you don't control the past, the future, or other people. Yeah. And like, 
You're like, that's everything. It's, it's not quite, it's not everything. You still, you it's control true. yourself and you control what you do right now. Yes. Um, and that is, that. I think we underestimate how powerful that is. Yes. Um, and we and we forget that we don't control the other things. So that's bigger. The big analogy that I that I really am settled on right now is is backpacking. Uh, what I would say is we're all backpacking, and that's that's how this makes me feel. So we're all making our way. We're all exploring the wilderness. We're all on different trails, going different places. And I may have seen some of the trails that you haven't seen, and you've seen some that I haven't seen. And will, that's why we can help ourselves. I will be on the easy flat trail that easy. walks by the beautiful lake because I don't do backpacking. <laughs> you hope you'll be on the easy flat trail, <laughs> but here's the thing: so you want to be on the easy flat trail. But sometimes we don't have that choice, you know what I mean? Uh -huh. And sometimes we have to walk through the swamp and sometimes yeah. the mosquitoes are bad and sometimes yeah. it just rains on us. <laughs> and that's okay, but know that you, there's nothing you can do about it, right? Like we can't, sometimes you walk and you get rained on and you got a couple of options. You can sit down, you can stop, right? but you're just sitting in the rain. right? Or you can put one foot in front of each other and you can keep going. Yeah. I, I like the idea when I think about um, backpacking as, as what we do because rest is important. Like you've got to rest. You mm -hmm. cannot just keep going and going and going. You've got mm -hmm. to rest. But there are some people that we know who sat down beside the trail and they never got up mm -hmm. and they just stayed there. Mm -hmm. Right. And there's other people who are like, we have to go. And they go and go until they break their body breaks down or they get exhausted, you know, or whatever. Right. Most of us need we need to rest. We need to take a moment, you know, rehydrate and, and before we keep going, before we keep going on. And I, I just think that that's a healthy way to look at it. You know, when it rains on you, you can be miserable because it's raining or you can try to enjoy the hike even though it's raining, mm -hmm. you know? Um, mm -hmm. If you can only enjoy beautiful views when there are no clouds Funny. in the sky, yeah. you're not going to have as good a hike as if you say, yeah, it's cloudy, but this is beautiful. Yeah. Um, I, I think that that's really important. Yeah. I talked about, um, I mentioned a, a little bit earlier, you know, so my wife is uh, dealing with breast cancer. And the way that I think about it is it's raining on us. Yeah. And it's it's going to rain on us for six months. If we're lucky, it's just going to be six months of dealing with this. But I'm going to walk with my buddy in the rain. Mm -hmm. Like we're not and we're not going to stop walking. You know, right. like we're going to walk and we'll get through it. And like, I wish it wasn't raining, but wishing it's not raining doesn't actually change anything. Right. And so, you know, we we walk the dog and we hold hands and we talk about life and we watch TV together and we, you know, and we tell jokes and we still have a good hike, even though it's going to rain on us a little bit. And yeah. I just, to me, that's a powerful thing is to say, you're not doing anything wrong if you're getting rained on. We're all going to get rained on. A lot of it is just, uh, are you intentionally, are you intentionally walking into the rain or, right. uh, you know, or are you doing your best? Because, it, you know, you can choose the best paths possible. You're still going to get rained on. It's still going to get cold. Sometimes your pack's still going to be heavy. And yeah. I just, I don't know, for me, that's a, it's a beautiful way to think about this life and what we're doing in a way that puts things in perspective where I go, yeah, I have great power. I'm the one who puts one foot in front of the other or doesn't. I'm the one, I'm the one who picks the path. You know, um, I, I'm the one who knows that I want to go to the beautiful lake and that's where I'm going to try to head to. Um, I have all that power. I still can't control the weather. Oh, okay. So we have less control than we think we do. That was a, that was right. a, that was a big one. That's what, a big one. What else? Well, so okay. So let's go back to one that we say all the time in our uh, in our podcast. If you are surprised by something again and again, at some point, it's not a surprise. It's your business model. Yeah. And we get these <laughs> things in the mailbag all the time. And I don't want to make people feel bad because we all feel that way. Yeah. At some point, we confuse what is the weather with what is a fork in the trail. I see a lot of backpackers that hike in a circle and they come back to the same thing again and again and again, and they're just hiking away and they're just going in a circle. And that, my friends, is this phenomenon where there's a problem, there's a headache, and we run into it and we don't resolve it. We just go on hoping we're not going to end up back here again. And we're right back right. here again. <laughs> and like strong hikers going in a circle. And I go, that's a problem. And so, you know, we we talked about, you know, clients being nasty at the front desk. Like, right. They shouldn't do that. And we should also have empathy for people because we don't know what they're going through. And at the same time, if you just keep going, you're going to yeah. keep having angry people again and again and again. And so right. at some point, 
figure out that this is not a surprise. It is a thing that happens, and let's address it. And that's the same thing for uh, for scheduling problems, as far as getting staff in, for making for how we make appointments if we have headaches, for having angry clients. If you're doing something that makes the clients mad again and again and again and again, that's not the weather. That's the path that you're choosing. And stop walking in circles. You know, yeah. you have the power to recognize this feels real familiar. Let's get the map out and see if we need to make some changes so that we don't live this reality like Groundhog Day over and over again. But goodness gracious, a lot of us are living these little annoyances again and again and again. And we're not stopping and getting the map out and saying, all right, how are we going to do this differently? And here's the here's the lesson that I have learned about this. And this is this one is um, it's funny because it's a bit of a soapbox for me because um, anybody who's listened to the po- the pro the podcast knows uh how much i i love <laughs> i love policies and i love protocols and um the business piece of it is important and i and i think that for me the answer to this piggybacks on the first thing that you talked about andy which is we can always choose how we respond to a situation and when it comes to this being surprised again and again by 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 something it is our business model. This is this is an interesting one to me because it's amazing how many times I will talk to a fellow practice manager or a practice owner and they're telling me about the thing that is happening again and again and why they're surprised. And I will talk through with them like, here are some of the options and these are different paths that you could take to deal with this thing. And I'm, I'm amazed at how often we intentionally choose to ignore all of that and keep walking on the circular path because we think for a whole myriad of reasons, we're too busy. I don't have the team. I don't have time to do this. I don't, you know, and so that's part of why this is a soapbox for me, because I think so many of us, and I, I say this because I have lived They've mm-hmm. lived this life lesson so painfully. You, you all like this is, this is a hard one. And the lesson that I learned here is that there are going to be things that you are going to be surprised by again and again and again. Mm-hmm. And when it shows you who it is, and you're looking at it, you're looking at it in the mirror. You need to believe it, and you need to figure out how am I going to choose a different path. And I think that that's one of the things that we too often don't make the time for and yeah, we we know that it's a problem we know that we need to solve it i will deal with that later because it feels like there's more urgent things standing right in front of me and that's why it's a soapbox for me because i can't tell you how many times like we would address problems with our teams and we would have team meetings and the csrs would be crying because this thing is happening and they would say we need help and i would say i want to get you the help and we have these other things that we have to keep doing so let's table this and we're going to circle back to it right and then we and then we don't and so yeah for me, the doing it again and again, the lesson here for me is that if we don't take the time, if we don't make the time to work on our business and figure out what are the other path options and yes. then intentionally choose a different path, we are always going to, we're always going to fail. Yeah. And and I learned that lesson super, super painfully. And I will tell you that I, my life changed radically when I worked in a practice environment where I had a leadership team and practice owners who were like, okay, let's do this. Whether it means taking time for team meetings, whether it means doing, um, you know, business planning sessions together, whether it means doing things consistently like strategic planning, it looks different in every practice because every practice is in a different place in their journey. But taking that time to step back and say, Okay, how do we how do we actually look at them? Like you said, Andy, like we're gonna pause. We're gonna take some, we're gonna get some water, we're gonna take our pack off for yeah. a minute, we're gonna look at the map and we're mm-hmm. gonna figure out where the heck are we going and, yeah. and and choose a different path. And I I think that, that that is a lesson that I have learned in in working with you all and and hearing your questions is like I see so many of us who feel surprised and again and again because we're continuing to walk that circular path. Yeah. I think I think there's two big drivers of this. And I think you put your finger right on one. One is people working in the business instead of on the business. And a lot of us came from the floor. We came yeah. from working, seeing animals, getting putting our head down, getting the work done. Right. And so when there's a problem, we put our head down, we power through that problem and continue on because that is what we have always done. And stepping out of working in the business and and intentionally working on the business, those are muscles a lot of us don't use and we don't use them regularly and it feels foreign 
And it's just not how we think, right? It's thinking outside the box. Thinking inside the box, you go, this is a problem, and this is how I'm gonna get through it. Only by stepping back and going, is it, what is, what if we're, what if this whole thing is wrong? Like, what if there's a whole different way to do this? Right. And those are muscles that a lot of people don't have. The other one is sort of behavioral psychology. It's called present bias, which is just our bias towards doing the thing that is going to give us the immediate gratification. Yep. And just dealing with the angry person and going on is the fastest way to relieve tension. Yeah. It's just, let's just deal with this person and then we'll go on. And that's present bias is just let's power through, let's make this work right now and go on versus stepping back, looking at it systemically and saying, okay, we're continuing to have problems with client relations. We're continuing to have problems with uh, team culture. We're continuing to have problems with people gossiping and, and, and bickering and the staff. Let's stop talking to the individuals at the time of the fight and look at our clinic culture and make some significant changes here. And so those, I, I think both of those are two big drivers, but I think a lot of people live their life that way of just, again, they're having the same thing again and again, and uh, they power through it. And I, I see that over and over again as something I say, hey, let's take a second, let's take a beat, let's step away, let's work on the business, not in the business, and, and let's, make some, let's make some real changes. And yes, it's probably gonna take more effort to make a real change than it would to just be fixing the problem. But if you don't fix the problem, you're going to walk a circular trail and end up right back here again another week. Yep. Yeah. Um, should we should we take a break here? We want to. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Hey, friends. There is a workshop coming up that some of you are not going to want to miss. You know, this last weekend was Uncharted Get You Done. There was a lot of conversation about workflow challenges in our practice and how a lot of us are struggling with things not working very well. Things feel pretty inefficient. We're all struggling to do more with less, less time, less people, less resources. And um, there was a lot of conversation about how do we get more efficient and effective in our workflows. And so while a lot of you were there with us this weekend, not all of you were. And so I want to give you all an opportunity to join us coming up in November, November 30th. Uh, at 5.30 Eastern, 2.30 Pacific, we are offering a two-hour workshop with my dear friend, Sanani Ratnayaka. Sanani is an RVT, so she is a licensed technician. She is a general badass. Uh, she is a practice management consultant, and she loves talking about workflow. And so Sanani has agreed to come back and lead a workshop that was voted one of our most popular in all of 2021 in Uncharted, and that is the secret sauce to optimizing workflow. This two-hour workshop is here to help you and your team dissect your workflow so that you can get out of the place where everything feels inefficient and ineffective. And uh, Sanani's got four strategic strategic steps that you and your team can use. And then she helps you talk through what it will take to be able to get the whole team on board, to lean into what your strengths are and address what your challenges are together as a team. So if you are struggling with efficiency and effectiveness in your practice, head on over to unchartedvet.com forward slash events and sign up for the workshop. We would love to see you there. And now back to the podcast. What's uh, what, else, what else is on your mind? Uh, lessons that you've learned, things that you are that you are that you've taken away from the first 200 episodes. Well, so you were talking um, in the beginning about, um, you know, we have less control than we think that we do. And you Mm -hmm. were talking about, you know, backpacking, you were sharing, you know, your the experience that your family is going through right now and how you and Allie are approaching, uh, you know, what what you're dealing with right now. And I think for me, that leads to one of the things that's been I don't know if it's the most important lesson, but for me, it has certainly been the most profound, which is that the people that we surround ourselves with matter yeah. and who we choose to go on the walk with matters. And, yeah. and, and by extension, the community that we make matters um, potentially more than anything, because you could be walking on a trail in the rain by yourself. And maybe sometimes that feels good. Maybe you want to yeah, be there by sure. yourself and that's, that's okay. But I would tell you nine times out of 10, if I'm going to have to make a freaking hike in the rain, I don't want to be out there by myself. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I yeah, I, I completely agree. You know, some sometimes sometimes you have to walk alone and sometimes we just have to put one foot in front of the other and sometimes you just have to get the work done. 
But a lot of the times, there are other people out there that are walking a pretty darn similar trail to you. Uh, there are people who have already made mistakes that you don't have to make if you can just ask them about it. They have seen the trail that you're on before. And man, that saves a lot of time and effort and heartache and energy just to have someone else say, hey, I made this mis- I've made this mistake. Or I let me tell you how I approached it. And it worked out pretty well. Or let me tell you how I approached it. And it did not work out well. Right. And this is what I've learned and what I would do differently. Man, that stuff is super powerful. The other thing is just validation. Just having someone say, I see, I see you there, buddy. Yes. I see you working hard. I see you, I see you climbing that mountain. And let me just promise you, there's gonna be a heck of a view when you get to the top. Like those things matter. And we don't we don't interface that way. You know, in vet medicine, we all stay in our little practices. Right. And, you know, I work with two other doctors, and those are the only people that I know. And I talk to them and they're great. But they're, you know. They're not, they're not expanding my worldview, or they don't, you know what I mean? They don't aspire to do what I do, what I aspire to do, or they, they're not, you know, I've already heard their stories and we've walked together for a long time. Right. And I'm not, <laughs> I'm not getting new, new insight from them. Boy, that that ability to surround yourself with other people who are doing interesting things and who are walking and who have climbed mountain. Because here's the other thing too. People are just staying in the backpacking metaphor. People who have seen a lot are generally happy to share what they've seen. You don't have to walk all those miles yourself. Right. You just have to, you have to, you have to surround yourself with people who are out exploring and doing things. And then you have to be vulnerable enough to ask questions and say, this is what I'm struggling with. Or can you give me any advice on this? Or this is where I'm trying to go. Can you tell me about and blank, ask them a specific question. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of us just don't do that. We, we, we silo ourselves, we're afraid to ask, we don't know who to ask, we don't, we don't have those connections, we don't have that community. I think for me, the part of it is we're also, especially if you're trying to grow yourself as a leader and you're thinking about developing your skills and you're trying to grow, I think for, for me, there was a little bit of like, am I going to be viewed as dumb if I ask these questions? Right. And that's one of the the answer is no, you should ask the questions. The only dumb questions are the ones we don't ask. And, Mm -hmm. and, and for me, I am thankful that I had communities along the the way that, um, and it's, it's funny because when I was thinking about this and I was thinking about it, obviously where I am now in our uncharted community, um, is a huge part of that, that story. Um, and I think, I think we both would would talk about that. But um, when I look back at my career through veterinary medicine, I always had each each step. There was a different community that met the needs that I had at that point in time. You know, like when I when I was a CSR learning to become an assistant assistant manager, we had a wonderful office manager in our practice who had a group of a lady, the ladies who lunch, and it was a small group of uh, local managers, and almost all of them were the practice owners' wives who were managing practices. But they would get together every six weeks or so and have lunch and and mostly catch up about kids and grandkids, but they would also talk about um, what was going on in, in the practices. And I remember the first time Gret invited me to go to lunch with these ladies and and it was really eye-opening experience because I had all these questions and here was like between all of them, like literally a hundred years <laughs> of experience in veterinary medicine. And it was like, I can ask all of these questions and no one ever made me feel dumb for asking the questions. And they were just like, oh yeah, I wish someone had asked that question for me when I was your yeah. age, because I would have saved a lot of heartache. And they shared their stories and and I grew so much from that. And it gave me confidence to then, you know, make the next leap to, okay, uh, you know, how do I get a bigger group beyond my local set of practices? Because we were all pretty similar. They were all small, you know, husband and wife or or solo doctor practices locally. And I thought we're getting bigger. We were the only multi-doctor practice in town. So how do we grow bigger? And I realized I needed to step beyond that pool and start talking to people who had bigger practices. And so, you know, I joined um, the VSPN community online, which was the support staff for VIN and started mm-hmm. talking to all of these other practices and every every step of the way that led me to, to VHMA. And then, um, you know, I I had a community and, and that you guys was the make or break for me because I learned so many lessons and it asked so many questions. And every time there was someone who was willing to put themselves out there and be vulnerable and brave and say, this is how I did it right. But also yeah. there were people willing to say, this is how I did it wrong and yeah. save yourself the pain and heartache and listen to a piece of this and and learn 
how I did it wrong. And I think for me, that is part of what is so powerful about the Uncharted community is that that is an intentional culture, Andy, that you, um, I don't know whether you intended to, to set out and make it that way, or it just naturally happened, but getting together people who wanted veterinary medicine to be different led yeah. to this culture where we're not afraid to talk about the hard things. We love to talk about the good things and let's hold the trophy and be excited and celebrate. Let's also not be afraid to talk about the hard things and the things that really um, matter. And and I think that's honestly a huge part of what I love the most about getting to do the podcast with you is that I feel like neither of us is afraid to be honest about the really hard things and the things yeah. that we have screwed up so badly <laughs> yeah. that we wish maybe we could hit a reset button on, you know, and do would I do it differently. Maybe I would. <laughs> that, could, that could be episode 300 is things we screwed up badly. It'll be a 14 hour episode. <laughs> And, and, and that'll be part one. That'll be part one. <laughs> so yeah, no, I agree. Um, you know, I had this belief starting Uncharted that, and I, I believed it then, and I believe it now. I know I don't have to believe it now. I know it now, but I believed it then that there is a group of quietly successful, happy veterinarians, veterinary managers, uh, veterinary leaders out there who don't they don't post on social media saying I'm loving it, things are great. Um, they just quietly go on making their way, doing good by doing well and doing well by doing good, you know, um, just in, enjoying our profession. I knew those people existed. Guys, I, I met them. I, I was one of those people. Um, and I thought, I know these people here. I, let's, I want them to come together. And, and then they did. And it was just, I know that there's positive people out there who, who like fundamentally like what we do or who used to like what they do what we do and and they want to get back to that and by surrounding themselves with people who are who are doing it and who are happy um and who see value and purpose in our work um it's just it recharges you like nothing else so mm -hmm. i had that belief and i i didn't know the culture would grow the way it has which has just been um a wonderful surprise beyond beyond what i even hoped but yeah but uncharted but you I mean but you don't have to do uncharted it, you know it, it's like you can um if you're a vet student, get involved with the VBMA or, yes. or with the canine club or with the shelter club, whatever your jam is. And if yes. you're uh, if you're a, a vet tech, uh, get involved with the with the vet tech association. Right. Yes. Um, just get involved with your, your local vet med association. Find just your people. Those things as a doctor. <laughs> uh, you can put together a doctor lunch club that's just completely informal off the books hey we got a couple of vets from different hospitals we get together we just have lunch once a month just to commiserate and kick around ideas and and validate each other basically man people will do that you just yes. gotta ask but again yes. uncharted is, is this is one thing that we we really do well it's something that was baked into our dna from the beginning but you you don't have to do Uncharted to have that type of connection, that type of community. But you should have some connection, some community. If you're out there walking alone, man, I I want you to I want you to to, to reach out and find some people. And I will tell you all too, like I love Uncharted, and I can't imagine now. I can't imagine. Uh, there are people in our community who've become my very best friends that I can't imagine my life without our community in some way. And I will also tell you that my life is so much richer for finding my people in more than one way. And yeah. so, you know, I'm a technology nerd when it comes to vet med and you bet your butt that the groups that I'm in that are AFMARC nerds or technology nerds and we can talk about that specific passion together, that fills my cup as much as Uncharted fills my cup. Yeah. And when I was a, you know, a technician and we would do, um, you know, the tech, the local tech community meetings, that matters. And so it's, I think it's really about celebrating the things that do make you really happy. And if you are unhappy, and it's funny that you, you said that Andy, like the, you, knew that there were people out there who were happy and positive mm -hmm. about that men and you wanted to get them together. And that's actually the opposite of how I got to Uncharted. Like mm -hmm. I was not happy. I was miserable in my existing practice. I was really burnt out. And I honestly was thinking about leaving veterinary medicine. Um, but I found this group of people who some of them were really happy. And there was also people who were like, I'm not so happy, but I'm doing this for me. And I'm going to figure yeah. out how to change it. And that was key for me in that moment because it was like, 
oh, here are other people who feel the same way and they're not afraid to talk about it. And they're not afraid to talk about what their plans are to figure it out. And, and that was, that was eye opening. And so I think, I think for me, like the community aspect and the people that we choose to surround ourselves with matters a lot. Yeah, no, I completely agree. But one of the other things that I've taken away, and I keep coming back to this again and again, I just, I just when I sat down to make this list, I thought a lot about the advice I found myself giving over and over and over again. Sure. And one of the other ones I want to bring up is that your relationship with practice is just that. It's a relationship. And, and I think that's a metaphor that has held up for me again and again. Yes. And I, I see that so often when people talk about um, working with clients, they talk about working with staff, they talk about working with their direct boss. And they and generally it's a question about where are the lines? Am yes. I being taken advantage of? Am I taking advantage of someone else? And I just want to get, hammer this home and just say, remember that your relationship with practice is just that it's a relationship. And like any relationship, it should work for you. And it should work for the other person. You don't want to be in a relationship where you're a parasite and the other person is getting taken advantage of. But you also don't want to be taken advantage of. Yes. I think any of us who have healthy relationships know that a healthy relationship is about giving as much as it is getting. Yep. Um, I really love that. Uh, there's an Adam Grant book called Give and Take. Uh, you don't have to read it. I'm going to tell you the whole book right here. Uh, <laughs> he divides people up into three types of people, into givers, takers, and matchers. And givers are people who give, and takers are people who take. And matchers are people who keep score. And they say, you did this for me, I'm going to do something Some, for you. Right. And so then he looked at how he measured success. He looked at successful people. And what he found is that givers were at the bottom and they were also at the top. Right. And so there's this bimodal distribution of givers. And so people who give are some of the happiest, most successful, but they're also at the bottom. And he found the difference between those two groups was the best strategy is to be a giver, be the first person who steps up and who helps and who gives of yourself and then switch to a matching strategy. You know, meaning you should give. And if you find that you're giving to someone who's a taker, then you should stop. You should right. match their strategy. You should stop. And, right. the, and the people who are givers who are at the bottom, who are unhappy, were people who generally didn't give, stop give, giving. Give. They, yeah. just, they just give, give. And they found a taker who just bled them dry. Sure. Um, and the givers at the top are people who gave first and then watched to see what happened and adjusted their behavior based on what was coming back to them. And guys, I think that that is something, it's a beautiful thing that we should put forward with clients is, man, help first. Jump in and help and give. And then watch what happens, you know, and set your boundaries and adjust them as you find out who's a taker and who's, uh, you know, who is appreciative and who's not appreciative and and adjust it so that you have the energy to keep going. But guys, this, as I said, it, it's a relationship. There's a, a bunch of Ruth Bader Ginsburg quotes on marriage that I just love. And one of them is, marriage is 60-40 both ways. And I say that to my wife all the time. I say, yeah, marriage is 60-40 both ways. The meaning being... Um, in a good relationship, most of us feel like we're probably giving a little bit more than we're getting. And uh, think about, you know, if you're married, think about your marriage. You probably feel like you're 60, 40. Uh, well, your spouse feels the same way. Right. And they're not wrong. And you're not wrong. And right. I, I just put that in context of like, yeah, you know, you if you feel like you're giving a little bit more than you're getting, you're probably doing it right. It's so funny uh, that you that you pick this one because I've been thinking about this a lot because this last uh, this last week there was a meme shared in uh, in one of the communities that I'm part of. Uh, shout out to my VPMU friends uh, and and somebody shared this meme about um, as uh, practice as business owners uh, and there there are practice owners who are also managers in, in the group and uh, that you shouldn't expect your team to care more about your business. Um, than you do because it's your business. And at the end of the day, it's not theirs. And, uh, and, and uh, someone from our team, actually, Ron, as manager said, on the flip side of that, um, as, as team members, as employees, when do we stop caring about the business more than our bosses, right? And it, to your point, it goes, it goes both ways. And I think this was one of the most painful lessons for me to learn both as an, a business owner and as a employee, um, because it is it is a relationship. And I think you yeah. were so you put your finger right on it that it, it is a relationship and there has to be give and take on both sides. Yeah. And, you know, when we were thinking about this episode, I was thinking a lot about the questions that we get asked and we get asked a lot of questions about like, I, I, I know the answer. I can see it right in front of me, but I don't really want to accept that that's the reality. So I'm going to ask you for your opinion, for your opinion on it. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so yeah. we get asked a lot, a lot of questions of people who are like, are they treating me badly enough? Should I actually leave this practice? Right. And, and it's funny. Um, and, 
And I have empathy and appreciation every single time we get one of those messages, because I will tell you like that, that was, that was me when I was working in the practice uh, that I was at before I came to Uncharted. I was in a practice where I, I learned the lesson very painfully that when people who show, show you who they are, you should believe them. Yeah. And the reality is it is a relationship. And if the people that you're in the relationship with, whether it's your teammates, whether it's your boss, the practice owner, whether it's your corporate um, owners, like whatever, whatever it is, whether you're the boss and it's it's your team that you're struggling with, when when you're in a relationship and someone is showing you who you are, who they are, you you need to believe them. And you you can you are in control of what you do with that. And yeah. so in that clinic that I was in, I had said, okay, these are things that I need. I, I was try, trying really hard. Like, these are my boundaries. I had the whole hard conversation. I set a timeline. I was like, I'm willing to put in the work because it is a relationship and it goes both ways. And here's my timeline. And I, a, a year, I need things to be different than they are now. And I gave and gave and gave and I worked at it, worked at it, worked at it. And then I had some stuff happen in my personal life. And it was one of the darkest times that I've ever gone through in, in my personal life. And and I was expecting people that I was in a re- in the relationship with to show up for me. Yeah. And they and they didn't. And I was like, you know, the year isn't up. I still need to keep giving. And then, and I remember having a conversation with you. And I don't it was un, it was unintentional, but you basically gave me my own advice back. And you were like, when people show you who they are, you need to believe them. Yeah. And it was the painful moment for me because it was like, I want this to be different, but yes. it's, sometimes it's okay to call a speed a speed. And sometimes it's okay to leave a relationship. If it's not working for you and it isn't meeting your needs it is okay to walk away. And that was one of the most painful lessons for me to learn. But I will also tell you all that it was the the best lesson that I could have learned because man, it feels really good at night to go to bed and feel good about the relationships and the boundaries that I'm setting. And it is hard ass work. I'm not, yeah. I'm not lying to you. It will be hard. Um, and we, we, you and I both talk about this really candidly, like a lot of how I have come to this is I, I got a therapist and I got a really good one and I go a lot <laughs> and I work through my, <laughs> I work through my stuff and I, but cause it is, it's hard, it's hard work. And I will also tell you that, that, that has made a big difference recognizing that it is a relationship and it is okay yeah. to have boundaries and it is okay to walk away if your needs are not being met. Well, you know, the hardest thing in my life, as far as leaving jobs um, or, or parting ways with, with people who are employees and things like that is this idea of how it should be and how it could be if people were just different than they are. You know what I mean? Like, God, this should be great. All I need is for this other person to stop treating me this way and this would be fine. Or for this person to realize this thing. And there's a lot of us out there right now who are not making a change because it bothers them how close it is to working and how it should work Mm -hmm. if this other person just behaved differently, if they just felt this way, if I could just accept this thing that I can't accept, if I could just accept it, then then this would work. Um, But you can't accept it. And it doesn't matter what you should or shouldn't do. Um, it, it is what is. What is the relationship? It's got to work for you. And it's got to work for them. And the relationship with your job, it's got to work for them. Uh, it's got to work for you. But it, I, I just, I, I see that a lot. If you're in a relationship where you genuinely don't want to give anymore, you shouldn't be in that relationship. Yeah. And if you're in a relationship where you feel like you're just being taken, you shouldn't be in that relationship. There are, and I tell you this, and I swear it to be true. Uh, anyone who needs to, who, who doesn't immediately believe me, I swear it to be true. Man, this profession is so full of good people yes. who genuinely just want to give you a good place to work yes. and to have a happy place to work themselves and to do good in this world. Um, it is full of those people. Yeah. And um, you can find those people and they they genuinely want to make a good job for you. Yes. And it's going to take some work. And they have needs in the relationship as well. And you're going to have to be flexible and you're going to have to give as well as receive. Because if you don't give, you're just a parasite. And, and that's not what you are. Um, yeah. But but those people are out there. And that, that brings me to the last sort of point that I want to make in all of this. The primary job of a leader is balance. And I found this again and again and again. It's not about getting what you want. It's not about getting the team to do what you want them to do. 
It's not about giving Sarah or Dave what they're asking for. Your job is not to fix somebody else's problem. It is to find the balance between Sarah and David and the front desk staff and the techs and the pet owners and the practice and you. And I see a lot of people who are like, I have to fix this person's problem. And they put everything else aside. It's like, you don't have to fix their problem. You have to balance the needs of everyone. And that means that Donna's not going to make $1.6 million a year working 20 hours a week because that's that doesn't meet anybody else's needs. Right. Um, inclu- <laughs> you know, including pet owners. It, it doesn't. It, you know, it, um, I know that someone wants a, ske- wants a different schedule. And this does not mean I'm not going to give it to them, but I also have to have an acceptable schedule for everybody else. Right. And so that person may not get exactly what they want, but it also doesn't mean I'm going to dismiss them out of hand. I want to try to balance their needs with everybody else. I know that vet medicine is expensive and I know that my staff deserves to get higher pay than they get now. And I, It's not my job to, to, to do any of those things. It's my job to find the best balance that I can find to make pet care affordable and to take care of our team and to run a a profitable hospital that can make payroll and pay the utilities and that can continue to provide continuing education for people and that can continue to invest in into new medical technology so we're practicing a standard of care that our core values necessitate that we practice like it's all it's always that and i think a lot of people look and say i didn't make this person happy so i failed or the pet owner is mad so i failed and go you know what Sometimes a single pet owner doesn't get what they want because the balance of the needs of the team are much greater and say, no, I'm sorry, I'm balancing your request against the needs of my team and my team is going home. You know, yeah. like we're they're they're taking their time off and the doctor is not going to get your message on her day <laughs> off. Right. Because I understand your desire, but I also understand her needs and I'm going to balance those things. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you did such a good job with this. And it is it is probably the most profound lesson that you can learn as a leader. And I will also tell you that this is uh, probably the one that I screwed up the most. Um, And and I will tell you that um, anybody who knows me knows that balance is really hard for me. Um, (laughs) I don't I don't do things by half. Uh, And uh, for a long time, I thought that finding the balance. uh, So I imagine now I imagine balance as a teeter-totter. Okay. So walk with me for a second. There's board mm-hmm. and there's there's a triangle in the middle and it helps things tip from one side to the other. And for a long, long time, the only way that I saw to finding balance as a leader was for me to be the triangle in the middle and to hold, to help it balance one way or the other and to tip it back and forth. And so I would put myself in that middle, whether it was like the CSR who had just been screamed at. And I thought, okay, the only way for me to find balance here is to step in and solve this for them and make that pain go away because I care about them. I don't want the client to not be happy, but I also want them to know that this is not okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to step in and I'm going to create the balance here. And I spent so long trying to be the balance myself that Mm -hmm. I forgot an very important part of what you said when you started this chunk, which is that you also matter in the balance. And I see so many of my fellow leaders, managers, practice owners, medical directors, who we try to become the thing that makes the balance. When in reality, the lesson that I learned is that the best place that you can be as a leader is standing 10 feet away from that teeter-totter and seeing it go from side to side and helping call out directions. Hey, let's tip it back a little bit to the left. Let's tip it to the right, right? And it took me, it was very, very painful, like years of painful lessons to learn that and be able to step away from trying to be the balance myself and solve all the problems. Yeah. The tech called out, great, I'll jump in on the floor. I'll I'll be in surgery today. Somebody needs help at the front desk, great, I'll do the thing. Um, that That is great to your point about present bias. That solves the problem and is probably the passive least resistance right this second. 
but in the long run, it doesn't do anybody any good. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so, and, and it leads me to a path of burnout and frustration and anger. And that was where I was at when I was thinking about leaving vet med was like, I feel so beat up, but I did it to myself. And yeah. that was probably the most painful painful lesson for me to learn um, and lots of therapy to process because I thought I was doing the right thing and I was doing it with the best of intentions. But what I couldn't see was how badly it was affecting me um, and how I also wasn't empowering anyone else in the situation to learn how to tip the scale one way or the other. I was just fixing it for them. Um, And so, you know, when you were talking about your surprise again and again, it's your business model. Like I kept thinking about the fact that um, there was, there was my, even my last practice. And so this is the last thing for me um, when it comes to the balance was learning the lessons that, you know, being a leader means being brave and it means making hard decisions. (laughs) And it means um, that you're going to screw, you're going to screw things up. It also means that you don't have to know everything. Sometimes you don't even know anything and it's okay to say, I don't have all the answers. I'll figure it out and I'll help us get there. But right this second, I don't actually know the answer to that. And I I spent a long time thinking like I had to have all the answers and I'm going to fake it till I make it. And, And I will tell you that the thing that helped me find that balance was starting to say to my team, I I don't actually know what do you think we should do? Because some of the most powerful lessons I learned was where I was thinking about going totally might have worked, but where they were thinking about going was a way better path to get there. No, I think that's great. Yeah, I I think that's I think that's fantastic. No, thanks for no, thanks for 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 sharing that. I I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, it's um, I, I think a lot of us have this uh this belief that as the as the leader as the manager as the decision maker we're supposed to we're supposed to have the answers and we just we just don't yeah um and that's you know and and that's that's okay it's okay to not have the answers and 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 going back to balance for a second um the biggest way that i see people fail this is not by over giving to pet owners or over giving to the staff the most common way they fail it is by not balancing it for them yes and they're like oh it, it works for everybody else and i i'm, I'm not it, it's worse for me but it works for everybody else yes and then they let it go and then they burn out and they leave the profession in two and a half years you know and i go well that was not i i know that you thought you were being kind when you you know gave beyond yes. the point of what was reasonable for you you were not kind because you set your practice up to lose you in two and a half years and, yes. and you set yourself up to burn out and you put your family through that as well because they're watching you burn out at work. And so I would say that was a failure of balance. Yes. And it was a failure of kindness because, you know, again, the way I look at balance sometimes is what is kind for what is most kind for everyone? And that includes you and you are not kind to yourself. And uh, and so I would say that is that is the balance failure that I see most often. Yes. And that's what I loved about Ron's response to the meme, because it was like, we each have a personal responsibility here. Like, yes, um, you know, it is it is not incorrect. As, like as business owners, we want teams who care, who love what they're mm-hmm. doing and who are going to think, you know, with an entrepreneurial mind. That's that's great. But also as employees, to your point about relationships, like at the end of the day, it is a job. And if we if we care more than everybody else, like we're also just setting ourselves up for failure. And so I think it is about remembering that you have a personal responsibility. This doesn't just happen to you. And that was, that was the thing. Like when I, (laughs) when I was in therapy and in talking with my therapist about the disaster that I had created in regards to balance in my own life, like the really powerful lesson was I have to stand here in front of the mirror and realize I did this to myself. Like I, mm-hmm. I chose to, to jump in and say, you know, when somebody was out sick, I chose to jump in and, and save the day. And the consequence of that was that, you know, my, my poor kids spent 12 hours at the clinic with me, or I missed getting yeah. you on a field trip or like there were consequences, but I chose those consequences. And so I was mad at the world because I was miserable because it felt all out of balance. But when I held up the mirror and I looked at myself, like, I did that. And I think that that was, it was really painful, but it is something that I, it was a very powerful lesson for me to learn because I think now the way that I approach things, it is still my gut reaction to say, Mm -hmm. how can I jump under this teeter-totter and how can I help hold it up from both sides? Um, And now I have to ask myself, how can I stand over here and help everybody 
And right. I, and, and I, that was the best lesson that I ever could have learned. Yeah. No, man, I, I hear that. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for doing 200 episodes with me, Stephanie Goss. Thank you, Andy Rourke. This is, uh, you, you, you know, I love spending time with you and uh, I love everything that we get to talk about. And, and I, I obviously love and cherish our time together, we, but we both do. And at the same time, I also want to say thank you to our listeners. Yeah. Um, and thank you all to those of you who send us stuff in the mailbag. And for those of you who are in our communities and who share with us the personal, the vulnerable, the brave from your practices and say, hey, would you guys talk about this? Because I would love to hear mm-hmm. some different perspectives. You know, you all make this podcast and we we do it for each other and for the time that we get to spend. But more than that, we, we do it, you know, for everybody else, because we really enjoy being able to engage with all of you in that way. And so thank you. Yeah. Thanks, guys. All right, everybody, take care of yourselves. Have a good rest of your week, and we'll see you back for episode 201. 201, baby. (laughs) Well, gang, that's a wrap on another episode of the podcast. And as always, this was so fun to dive into the mailbag and answer this question. And I would really love to see more things like this come through the mailbag. If there is something that you would love to have us talk about on the podcast or a question that you are hoping that we might be able to help with, feel free to reach out and send us a message. You can always find the mailbag at the website. The address is unchartedvet.com forward slash mailbag, or you can email us at podcast at unchartedvet.com. Take care, everybody, and have a great week. We'll see you again next time.